Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey y'all, we're back for another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive all year long. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. Hey y'all, how's your week been? As you can see from my virtual background, I'm still in my I'm still in the office. Because you are still in the home. Office. There's no difference between the office and home. No, it's hard to do that. There's no dividing line. The time there just is. like melts together. Yeah. And Tom's like, yeah, guys, come on. Been doing this for like all the years. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Son. I could have told you. <laughs> Welcome to my uh, nightmare. It's the only good thing is I work in the time zone I work in, which is nice. <laughs> I know you don't even have that luxury, do you, Tom? Or you didn't? No, not jobs. at all. Not at all anymore. Uh, my team spans from West Coast to Israel. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So That's a big team. There's a lot going on there. Uh, today was fun, y'all. We went to a birthday party. Yeah. Uh, There were about 10 cars that drove by. And for those of you who have children, you should check out Mr. Simon from Hot Toast Music. He put on a concert in the yard. Oh, how cool is that? That's very cool. Was he like Freddy Spaghetti from Parks and Rec? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No. A little fashion involved. That would be great. It was really good. (laughs) <laughs> whose birthday was it um it is our friend it is ellie's friend emmeline's birthday i was about to say is it ellie friend or is it a parent friend it wasn't an ellie friend oh it's exciting emmeline so, that's a beautiful name emmeline's ben's fold ben's fold song oh really very cool did you do anything fun this week anthony uh, I'm continu- I'm continuing my friend's binge. Joey is starting to pine for Rachel, which is my least favorite arc of the show. Uh, what else? I was a little disappointed. Some movies got pushed out due to COVID that I wanted to see. Like which earlier. ones? Batman got pushed to next October. Mm. It was supposed to open in June. Yes. Wait, <laughs> Robert Pattinson Batman was supposed to come out in June? Next next June. Oh, next to, June. Okay, I was like a year and a half. It was a year and two months away. Now it's a year and and a half away. Half. Which I can live with October if uh, they're doing the long Halloween. Some take on that because it's more mood appropriate. It's just I wanted to see it sooner. Yeah, I get that. And the new Scooby Doo movie, which I thought was really cute, is being released on digital in like two weeks. It's not even getting a theatrical release anymore. 
which makes me sad because I hope that doesn't ruin like franchise or sequels if it's actually good. Right. That it's just going straight to digital. Yeah. Um, also, I have a book recommendation for you guys, Marley. Oh yeah, we heard you talking about yes. that one a few weeks ago. So it was really good, huh? Yeah, uh, Brian Earl of Christmas Past had reviewed it on his show. He had the author on. It's yeah. a novel by John Clinch, and um, I picked it up, and it's incredible. It's a prequel to A Christmas Carol, and details Marley's and Scrooge's friendship and partnership from Marley's point of view, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Up until All the time right. he dies, and it's awesome. Have to check so, that out. So highly recommend. What have you been up to, Julia? Um, house projects. Because apparently that's, that's what I do hair. in quarantine. It's it's dust from sanding trim and doors. And Where? Everywhere. Everywhere? <laughs> Master bathroom. We sanded the railings for our staircase and all those spindles. All, oh, my gosh. All the spindles. So figure wow. if we're going to sand, we're just going to sand everything so I can take my time painting afterwards. On whatever schedule I am being productive. Um, I found the two things I like to do on quarantine is to paint and to bake. That's cool. Yeah. I, let's see, I did, we have an unfinished attic area that's like been a game room and turning into an office and we're finishing out right. So um, I had to prep the floors. We painted a quarter of it, moved everything off, and tonight I'm prepping the floors on the next quarter of it so that we can paint the floors, wall, ceiling. Christine's ordering a new fan to put in there. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully by end of May, that's where I'll be recording from. That's exciting. That is exciting. You should you do a time lapse like- of you painting it because then it'd be like clock, right? Because it'd be like quarter, 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 quarter. <laughs> but then it will be, it'll give the false sense that it's not kicking my butt and taking way too long. Well, that's the point of a time lapse. <laughs> and I want people to remember. I want to, I want to be able to bemoan how long this has taken me. Are you going to put up some kind of permanent Christmas decoration in there? If it's going to be your little podcasting space? You know it. I've got, I've, I'm already working on that. Priorities. Um, I mean, that's kind of the you... first thing that came with it. Oh, well, but sure. get this, my new company. They're giving out... Um, they're giving everybody just standard 250 bucks to redo your office because of COVID. And oh, you, can awesome. an, you can expense another 250 if you have a project that you're, you know, like a desk or monitor or you need new chairs or equipment. That's awesome. That's so cool. I know. And it's like they're giving it to people who just started too, as long as you started before um, April 30th. Oh my goodness. So I'm wondering That's really cool. So HBO Max launches next month. Yeah, so what's the difference between HBO Max and HBO? HBO Max is going to have a bunch of original content that's not going to be on regular HBO. And it's going to have have a bunch of stuff WB owns because HBO and WB are the same parent company. That's not normally on HBO. So like Big Bang Theory, Friends, things like that. But Elmo is getting his own talk show on HBO Max, and it looks awesome. Really? It's the the Not Too Late Show with Elmo. And it's like the a not late show. too late show. Oh, that's precious. But like HBO released a trailer for it, and they like got actual like celebrity. They get 
I mean, it's Sesame Street. They get celebrities. They're getting actually actual like big names to like guest star and come talk with Elmo and Cookie Monster is kind of like his, you know, wing person. And like you see a bunch of behind the scenes people like working the back room, like Bert and Ernie and stuff. And oh, I love that. So cute. <laughs> Who do they have lined up for it so far? Uh, off the top of my head, Jimmy Fallon, Jason Sudeikis. I forget who else, but you'll recognize a bunch of people in the trailer. But that starts streaming May 27th, so I'm excited for that. Huh, all right. That'll be cool. Uh, Speaking of movies, though, I want to address our podcast listeners. Now, normally... Normally when there's a disagreement and a debate on this podcast, it's between me and Tom or Tom and Julie on one side of the fence and me on the other. I very rarely get to be the person who sits out and watches this debate without getting personally involved. But Julia this week took Tom up on a recommendation to watch a film that he said was great and so enjoyable that she hated and that film was Trolls 2. So guys, go. <laughs> it was such a cute movie. It was fun. It was awful. <laughs> You're awful. It was, we kept looking at each other because I had really hyped this thing up because, Tom, I take your recommendation like – I take it very seriously, you know? Julia, that's a that's – a, <laughs> you got to be careful about that. I take your recommendations Anthony? very seriously as well, Anthony. <laughs> Okay, I, t- I take back what I said. <laughs> I usually take yours well too, Anthony, but not now. Not after that low blow. I mean, so I really liked the first Trolls. And uh-huh. this one, I told Marty how, how you said you really liked it. And like, I was not going to rent this movie because like, that's a 20 bucks or something that did not look good to me. But uh, then you said it was really good. rental? Yeah, yeah. That's I So I told, <laughs> So I told Marty and I was like, Tom said it was really good. And that Ellie really liked it. And so I'm like, we should totally do it. And Gabe was like out of his mind excited because he likes any new movie that comes out. And so we watch it. And like, if when I wasn't bored, I was rolling my eyes. And when I wasn't rolling my eyes, I was like, why isn't the music better? Like the music wasn't even good enough for me to stay engaged. Not like the first one. Did the kids like it? Hannah came down and watched it and she was on the same page we were. Gabe's the best movie he's ever seen in his entire life because that's his reaction to every single movie he sees. Oh, it's the best. That's my new favorite movie. Best movie I've ever seen. That in about life. Jingle All the Way, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Jude loved it. Jude ran around dancing to the whole thing. So I, I am not the age range for this movie. Apparently not. <laughs> I like it. Apparently, it's not meant for grandma. I mean, <laughs> it just, I was so confused. And Marty was confused. He's like, Tom liked this? And I'm like, yeah. He said it was really good. He's we like, what did it, like, he like times. about it? Huh? It, like, we you it, like, watched four it four times? We've probably seen it like four times. Oh, my kid, gosh. Dude. I have a kid. When they like something, you don't see it once. You had to watch that thing four times. I like it. I love the message. I think it's a great message there. Why couldn't they pick uh, better country music? Like of all the country, could they have picked a better country song? She was so funny though. The country folk were so funny. 
The chomping little troll that was like okay, chompers. That, part was that reminded me of Tremors, actually. I thought about you again because I'm like, <laughs> that was totally like Tremors. <laughs> I just got Tremors. Christine refuses to watch it with me again. Oh, man. It's so bad. It's good. Right? Unlike it's Trolls, so t- it was so bad. It's bad. Don't watch it. Anybody. Anthony, you have to watch it and see what you think. You have <laughs> Don't to, you watch have to that movie. You think. If I didn't like the first one and now julia oh, yeah, you don't like the first one is no, saying don't watch <laughs> this one's worse i'm gonna well see and i wanted more here. i wanted more like trolls and borgen interaction and the only time you get to see the little troll man with zoe deschanel troll girl is at the very very end which was the hardest i laughed in the entire movie when she says whatever she says and he goes oh balls and she goes honey and he goes what meatballs they're gonna get messy and cold <laughs> i was like yes that's what, all that i wanted good. the whole movie we were laughs like that but i loved like when you meet cooper's parents i loved that the cooper stuff was my favorite little part of the movie and little baby and cooper cutest thing ever and she's like you know we can let everybody know that we're all the same and that was Quincy Jones, right? Yeah. And he, Quincy Jones is like, no, we're not all the same. And that's okay. That's what makes us special and unique. Yeah. And I loved it. So Quincy I mean, I Jones like is clearly too. not a Republican. <laughs> that six <laughs> minute that period out. of the movie was the highlight of the movie. And then the rest happened. Ouch. <laughs> it was, I cannot tell, see, and so. Oh, I'm Julia, could I be any more wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so i will say this has not destroyed your opinion for me of future movies neither has anthony's love for the <laughs> awful grinch <laughs> destroyed any chance for him to also suggest movies and me absolutely love them but well, we were surprised I, we were just surprised guess, this was a debate between you guys and i somehow get knocked down and dragged into this i have to be an equal opportunity <laughs> trash talker when it comes That's to funny. suggestions and movies. Speaking of it's not, I'm just saying movies. it's not a one strike and you're out. So please keep suggesting movies because like, honestly, oh, more often than not, you're movies. right. Knives out. <laughs> Knives out. It's on. Yeah. But we can't watch that with certain kids. You can watch it right? with the two older ones. Is it PG-13 or is it R? I think it's PG-13. Okay. Maybe, like there may be like one F-bomb. Yeah. There's like no nudity, not even a lot of violence. Like it's not bad. The puking thing still makes me like super nervous. It's not a big part of it. Okay. All right. Okay. I hate watching people puke on screen you or in will, real life. You will or love anytime. this movie. It's like, it's like a Julia movie, a quirky, dysfunctional family. You'll oh yeah. No, like by the previews, I'm like, I am in it for this. Like the cast, awesome. The structure, perfect. Mystery, yes, please. Surprise ending that's going to happen. I'm sure it will. I'm in it. Let's do this thing. Um, I just didn't know the audience, so we will watch yeah, it's, that it's, to- it's 100% fine for the two older ones, as long okay. as you're fine with one F-bomb. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Thank Speaking you for bringing that. Speaking of trash-talking movies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for starting this with hate, Anthony. Appreciate that. Um, Anytime. We- <laughs> What'd you say? I said anytime, anytime, as, as we'll find out when we get to listener feedback, apparently that's what I bring to this podcast since nobody <laughs> gave me a good, loving character. I did. All right. So tonight we are discussing 1944's Meet Me in St. Louis. 
by which the cover doesn't look anything Christmassy. Nothing about this movie looks Christmassy. Nothing about this movie sounds Christmassy. I'm just going to throw that out there. Nothing about this movie is Christmassy. Just throwing it out there. So oh, there's it. one Christmassy scene. There is a Christmassy scene. That's it wasn't true. even good, though. And that's a, if it wasn't for that's this debatable. movie, we wouldn't have Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It was okay. That's an awesome right. song. So, meet me yeah. in St. Louis. Question: Is it St. Louis or is it St. Louis? I it's always Saint say St. Louis. Louis. You no. always say St. Louis, Anthony. Yeah, I always say St. Louis. York. You're from New York. Y'all can't say anything right anyway. Uh, excuse me? It's I true. mean, I get that St. Louis doesn't go with the song, right? Like, the it's harder to sing about St. Louis. The, oh, <laughs> why would it be harder to sing about St. Louis? They just make up gobbledygook to rhyme with St. Louis. It's not even real words. You do the hanky-panky oh. or whatever. <laughs> hanky-panky is a real word. That's what they used to recall things things back in the day things That's definitely not what they're calling this though <laughs> okay here's our brief plot synopsis for those of you that have not watched this movie um i'm gonna do the longer one down here that's what she said yep that's gross <laughs> i had to, I, had to. <laughs> I have to bring uh, some to this episode <laughs> St. Louis, 1903. The well-off Smith family has four beautiful daughters, including Esther and little Tootie. 17-year-old Esther has fallen in love with the boy next door who has just moved in, John. He, however, barely notices her at first. The family is shocked when Mr. Smith reveals he's been transferred to a nice position in New York, which means the family has to leave St. Louis and the St. Louis Fair. Tom, do you want to give a sarcastic one? Because I feel like... Get the Tom your... synopsis. A bunch of entitled bratty girls. No, hold on. The I father of a bunch of bratty entitled girls decides that he's going to up and move his family from St. Louis to New York. The family is all, all aghast because they're going to miss the World Fair. Like they couldn't come back. They live in this gigantic mansion and have unbelievably fancy everything. But for some reason, they're going to be destitute when they get to New York and have to live in a flat. So that causes major meltdown. <laughs> Dad watches major meltdown. Dad's heart is changed for some odd reason that makes absolutely no sense and a complete shift of his character. And he decides they're all going to stay home anyway. In St. Louis. <laughs> it's stupid. And Christmas happens. Christmas sort of. happens at the end. You say sort of. <laughs> sort so of. dumb. Like why? Okay. In, why in God's green earth are these people who are very affluent going to suddenly move to New York and have to live in a flat? Do you realize how much money if I moved to St. Louis? How much money? I how much better I could be living in St. Louis? You could not be living in a multi-million-dollar home like that, though. You don't know what I make. You don't know my life, Tom. You don't know my life. You don't know that Tom. it's not a family home sure. in St. Louis or whatever. So Okay, then they could sell it and make money. <laughs> okay, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. So this movie was directed by Vicente Minnelli, whose last name should sound familiar because he goes on to marry our lead cast member, Judy Garland, after this movie. It's actually where they met. You may or may not know... Vincent Damon. They have a daughter. They do have a daughter, I think. Wow. Okay. Probably fairly famous. Um, so Vincent Damonelli is Hollywood royalty. 
Um, he's known for his choreography, for his directorial stuff. Um, for his crappy he, um, movie. What? Nothing. Nothing. Sorry. <laughs> I can't wait to get the histories and overall thoughts, Tom. I have no idea what you think about it. I'm playing mine close to the chest, right? So so Minnelli directed, this is one of his earlier directorial efforts. He went on to do Ziegfeld Follies. It's a good movie. I actually liked it. Ziegfeld Follies. He did Father of the Bride, the original one in 1950. He did An American in Paris, which I really quite like. Gigi. He's known for Gigi, even though I've never seen it. Gigi? Is that the Jennifer Lopez one? No, That's it's the... Gigili um, or Gigili? <laughs> I knew it was close. Gigli. Gigli, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, I was about to say, that guy's still alive to do that movie? <laughs> you know, that would explain a lot about that movie, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, The writer of this movie is, or one of them, Irving Brecher. His writing credits include The Wizard of Oz, Go West, Dewberry Was a Lady. No idea what that is, by the way, but it's a hilarious title. Wait, this guy wrote The Wizard of Oz too? He wrote The Wizard of Oz and this? He was a contributing writer uncredited. On The Wizard of Oz. Yes, on The Wizard of Oz. was a lady. Okay, so he couldn't have been like that important to that story. I was about to say, how do you go from that to this? Right. (laughs) People love this movie, by the way. Can I just tell you? Yeah, I know. I think we're in the minority. A lot of listeners are listeners do too, so sorry. Yeah. Um. To get to our cast, which is going to have a lot more notable faces than the writers are, uh, we have headliner Judy Garland. She's pretty iconic when it comes to Hollywood because of The Wizard of Oz, but also some other stuff. Yeah, she's sung once or twice, so she has a whole lot of singing credits and different stuff. But you've probably also enjoyed her as a Ziegfeld girl, Strike Up the Band, uh, Little Nellie Kelly, Babes on Broadway, A Star this is Born. <laughs> this movie. The original Star is Born. Yep. Yep. The Judy Garland Show. What's That's your favorite Judy Garland? I mean, is there any question that Dorothy is her most... She's my favorite, Judy Garland, Dorothy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not a huge Judy Garland fan. Is anybody else not a huge Judy Garland fan? I mean, Judy Gar. When I think of Judy Garland, I think of The Wizard of Oz. I wasn't a Me big too. fan of all her other stuff. Uh, yeah, hu- huge fan of The Wizard of Oz, though. I'll say that. Yeah. That that movie terrified me as a child. I had yes. nightmares about those flying monkeys. Yes. So I would say Wizard of Oz, but I'm not even super wild about a Wizard of Oz either. He's- the movie in I like general it. or her in the movie? No, I mean, I like the movie, but it was just never a movie that I watched growing up, like with passion and love behind it. Just because. I, lo- I love that movie. So the way you said love is how I feel about My Fair Lady. That's my Wizard of Oz growing up. That's the one that mom and I would watch. That or Gone with the Wind. We would watch yeah. those movies all the time. Oh, I love My Fair Lady. Yeah, My Fair Lady is one of my favorites. So it's like, I feel like the way that some people love Judy Garland is the way I love Audrey Hepburn. 
Oh, I love Audrey um, Amper too. I love both I, of those. Yeah, I'm behind you on that one. Yeah. 100%. I, I, uh, I still want to know though, since the Wizard of Oz is relevant to this yep. movie this week, why that is some, for some reason, a thing's an annual Thanksgiving weekend movie in America. Why TBS will show up at every Thanksgiving or TV. I don't know. Whatever one. Yeah, I don't understand why it's tied to any holiday. But you guys have realized that, right? Yes. Thanksgiving, it's on TV. Yeah. So I'd be curious if any listener has insight why that's a Thanksgiving movie for some reason. That is an excellent question. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm willing to bet it's probably... No. I'm willing to bet it's just probably because it's an iconic movie and it's people are a lot of people are sitting around watching TV. They want something yeah. like something about something about going home and being around family for Thanksgiving. It's, it it's evokes this longing for bygone times, right? Well, yeah. well, especially because it's like one of those movies a whole family can enjoy. It's your traditional fairy tale, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. So I get it. But if there is another reason, listeners, let us know because. I'd like to know if there's some other reason behind it. Tom, did you say if you're a big Judy Garland fan? Meh. Would Wizard, Wizard of Oz, Oz be your favorite? If I have one, I just that's not a that's not a big that wasn't a big movie for me growing up. It's not something that really makes me gives me all the warm and fuzzies. Uh, the Wizard of Oz was my first play I did in, from with my high school. Who uh, were you in it? With, um, I was. Uh, the understudy for the Cowardly Lion. I was. I could totally uh, see you as a lion. He's like, I, I, I was. I was in that play too. What were you? What were you? The wizard. <gasps> you were monkey. the wizard. I was gonna say. I could see that. I was also flying monkey oh, yeah. and tried to scare the crap out of children. Oh my god! <laughs> that is horrible, but funny at the same time. Right. Oh, I right. love it. Um, also in because this... I was a wizard. Because in case anyone needs to, a reminder, I can't really sing, and he doesn't have much singing. Just oh, yelling. He doesn't sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> also in this movie, as arguably the cutest character in the movie, is Margaret O'Brien, who plays Tootie, which is the little little girl. Not the medium-sized little one, but the little, little one. Am I right about that? Yes. Because they ran together a little bit for me when they were not on screen together. It's no longer the cute one now. She aged her. Oh, that's just mean. That's mean. She's still alive, though. She's still alive. So you may know... She, I mean, she had a pretty long um, acting career after this. She played Beth in Little Women in 1949. Um, she still would have been pretty young there, so that's an accurate casting. She played Beth again in the 1958 Little Women TV movie. She's been in a lot of TV, like Perry Mason, Adventures in Paradise, Marcus Welby, MD. Oh my gosh, my grandma loved that show. <laughs> Tales from the Dark Side. I loved that show. I remember that show. That was a good show. And she has acted as recently as 2018. So way to go. Looks like she has a Christmas movie on her list. This is our Christmas. I have to check that one out. Revisit this character later. She also has a very vulgar sounding Halloween movie on her list, which I won't say, but like, what channel is that on? (laughs) Uh, Also playing 
parts in this movie as Judy Garland's mom, as the elder Mrs. Smith is played by Mary Astor. She looked familiar, but I sure as heck couldn't put my finger on it. Oh, Maltese Falcon. Maltese Falcon, yeah. That's why. She's in the Maltese Falcon. Um, She also has an incredibly long career in Hollywood, but I'm thinking Maltese Falcon is her most famous. She was also in A Kiss Before Dying, Philadelphia Story, the TV movie version, and it looks like she passed away in 1987. That's a while ago. That's been a while ago. The elder daughter to Esther, our Judy Garland character. It's played by Lucille Bremer. She was Rose Smith. So she was the one they kept talking about was an old hag and needed to get married. But how old was she really in the movie? I know they never said, but like mid twenties. She she had to be. I got the impression she was still like in high school. (laughs) Oh, because the dad says, but you'll want to go to college next year. And she's like, college is stupid. I just want to get married. Yeah. And I was like, feminism never <laughs> oh, yeah. But so she <laughs> she was an old hag at nineteen or twenty, which bothered me. And I get is totally the time period, right? It was filmed in and set in. Well, set in mm, filmed. I didn't in. buy that. But yeah. So she um has not acted in much at all. She only has eleven credits to her name. One of them is this movie. And I don't recognize anything else that she was in. Adventures of Casanova. That's vaguely familiar. Who else is worth covering? Her dad. Leon Ames played Mr. Alonzo Smith. So when Tom did his snarky recap, he's the one that got a job, wanted to move everybody, but then had an inexplicable change of heart. Um, He's another Little Women connection. Who is he in Little Women? The dad? I think he was the dad. Or was he the nice guy next door? He was in The Postman Always Rings Twice. Oh, Mr. March. Yep, he played Mr. March in Little Women. Did you see the new Little Women yet, Julia? Yes, it's amazing and I love it. Mm-hmm. I bought it the minute I think it we're came out. It this week. Me too. So good. He was in the Father of the Bride TV series, so another Father of the Bride connection, which is kind of funny. He was in the Beverly Hillbillies, Andy Griffith show. Looks like he did a whole lot of popular te- like Who was he in the like Beverly the Hillbillies? heyday of television. My Three Sons, Bewitched. Who was he in Beverly Hillbillies? Was he like he one was of the main? Colonel Foxhall? Oh, okay. No, he's only in two yeah. episodes. He was also in Torah, 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 which my dad really likes that movie. Hmm. He's in an episode of The Jeffersons. He's an episode of Emergency. Moving on up to a deluxe apartment in the sky. In the sky. And then he was also in the 1986 movie, Peggy Sue Got Married. So he was our dad. And then everybody else, I don't even know if it's worth mentioning. There was a love interest that's played by Tom Drake. That was John. Um... And then the rest are just supporting characters. And I don't even think it's worth covering them. Does that mean? No, it's not. Okay. I'm good with it. So as this is a musical, we're also going to talk about the songs that were sung and if we liked them. Let's do histories with this movie. Anthony, what's your history with Meet Me in St. Louis? I did not. I have never seen this film until the other day when I watched it for the podcast. I always knew it was one of those films a lot of people liked. I knew Judy Garland was in it. I loved her. 
I knew this is really because of this film we have Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas a song, which is a song that I love. So, and I'm just a big fan of older movies, so I was looking forward to watching. I thought because it's not as popular as It's a Wonderful Life, like it's not as hyped up, which I'm not the biggest fan of It's a Wonderful Life, I might like this one a little more because I was going with a little lowered expectations and such. Oh, Sadly, I did not like it. I liked moments in it. Judy Garland has a beautiful singing voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christmas scene was very Christmassy, in my opinion, when she's singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I probably will never watch this film again. I know a lot of people like it. I know a lot of listeners like it. I'm sorry that <laughs> I think it's clear what we all think about it already. But, yeah. What about you guys? Um, I have no history. Nor do I have a future with this movie. <laughs> I have no history, no future. I was breaking up with it. He's breaking up with it. I was breaking up. Oh, I'm breaking up with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I never, it's kind of crazy because my mom and I watched old movies all the time growing up and I never had seen this one. Um, Maybe it's because my mom's probably not a huge Judy Garland fan either. It just didn't come up. Um, So I'd never seen it until today. And um I I loved the things about it that I love about most old movies, especially movies set during this time frame, like the costumes. I was dying the whole time. Like, give me all the fabric and all the colors, and I'm a happy girl. So that made me extraordinarily happy. And I should have mentioned in casting credits that the person who did the costumes in this one was Irene Sharaf, who you know from, like, legit every amazingly costumed movie in history almost um west side story she did cleopatra i mean this woman is pretty remarkable um but aside from that i didn't really care for any of the music and i thought the story was slow and i had a hard time keeping my interest and I didn't love about it the things I was fully expecting to love about it. I usually lose myself in movies like this, and I lost no parts of myself in this movie, which bummed me out, except for the Did very you... end, the Christmas stuff. You know, that was going to be more depressing originally, too. Because... I thought that was going to be a lot more depressing, because that's what I've heard about it, right? Yes. Well, the, the original lyrics that they wrote for Have Yourself a Merry Christmas were deemed too depressing by Judy Garland Tom Drake. Tom Drake and Vincent Minnelli. And so the lyricist had to change them, but the original lyrics went, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It may be your last. Next year we may all be living in the past. And they felt, no, a little too depressing. Can you make it a little cheerier yeah. than that? Good thing they did. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Mine too. I love that song. Yeah, I love that song too. I am, I, like sucker. This movie. I am a sucker. I am a sucker for TV shows and movies that have the Christmas montage with family and or friends. Just with that yeah. song overlaying it as they're eating dinner and opening gifts. No matter yeah. how many times it's in a movie or a TV show, and it's been in a thousand, I'm mm-hmm. a sucker every time. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that song. Do you like that song, Tom? I did. You did. Movie. Did this you movie ruin did. it for you? I don't know. I just don't think this movie was worth the song. I really oh. don't like it, y'all. Oh. Uh, well, no, I like it. It's a good song. Let's talk about some of the other songs that are in it. 
Because I will say that Have Yourself a Merry Christmas is the highlight of my songs in this movie. Mine too. Yeah. I'm, um, and Judy Garland just performed it beautifully. She did. Doesn't she always though? Yeah. Her she voice always, is lovely. Yeah. Um, okay. So these are probably out of order, but I know early on they do the trolley song as they are riding in a trolley. Because oh, wait, wait, wait. Whoa. We forgot the first song. What's the first song? Stupid Meet Me in St. Louis song. Oh, is that the first one? Why didn't they put these in order? Oh, there's another why don't... Hold on. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just go through the lyrics here, y'all. Wait, here we go. Just you asked a question earlier, Julia. Is it pronounced Louis or Lewis? Here we okay. go. Louis in the song is pronounced Louis, akin to the French. The song is one of the few instances of pronouncing the city's name that way. It is normally and correctly pronounced Louis. So you guys are... Oh, we're right. right. It's, um, but the song has popularized it to such an extent that a lot of people pronounce it the other way. St. Louis. Got it. Yep. All right. So let's go through these lyrics. Meet me in St. Louis. Louis. Meet me at the fair. Don't tell me the lights are shining any place but there. We will dance the hoochie coochie. I will be your tootsie wootsie. If you will meet me in St. Louis, Louis, meet me at the fair. That's not that's even right. trying. That's that the other uh, There's only one word in there that's not a real word. Tootsie wootsie? Yeah. Nobody uses those words. There's no hoochie coochie dance. They were making that up. That's, I've heard that word before. Just yeah, hoochie coochie's in a lot of like country music maybe they should have chose that song to be in trolls world tour instead of the full circle terrible one they <laughs> um so that's the opener and it's when everybody's walking through the house and they're all singing the song everybody's super excited about world's fair coming um next song is where judy garland waxes poetic about this cute boy that lives next door who's john who really doesn't give her the time of day initially and it bums her out big time because she's like legit desperate. And that also was super annoying to me. <laughs> super annoying she, well, to me. That's one of the things I find annoying about a lot of all these old movies. I feel like there's always yeah. like a female character is over the top desperate. Yeah. And I never like those characters and the no, ones I love I. are, it's never the main character though. Right. So like no. Scarlett O'Hara, like, she doesn't need a man, and I always appreciated that about it. And then you had, well, My Fair Lady, same thing. She has a complex story behind her, right? But like this one, I was so surprised she was like that. I wasn't expecting any part of that from, yeah, a, a, from I, a heroine in a movie. It was surprising. I, I agree, 100%. I'm so glad you said that because I couldn't put my finger on it, but that's what it was. Oh, she was just yep. desperate. Yeah, she was just super desperate. Um, there's this whole thing at the beginning of the movie where – this guy is in New York that's courting Rose, the elderly sister at the age of 19. And elderly. he's going to call at, <laughs> he's going to call at dinner time and he's going to call collect or long distance, which is super expensive. And they're just for sure that he's going to ask her to marry him. And so they try and get dinner moved up, which irritates the dad because he wants to take his cool bath because he's had a really rough day. And it's like this whole orchestration to try and get this older sister married. Right. And it kind of goes to pot a little bit, but then sort of not. And the guy on the phone ends up being kind of a jerk face anyway. So that's like the first 35 minutes of the movie. 
basically. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we have. And it was, that, and it was around that point. Yeah, I was about to say, and it was around that point I was like, man, this feels like a very long movie. Yes, it did feel very long. There were some parts for very long. Um, Skip to My Lou is sung. It's a tiny little bit. Uh, and then you have little Tootsie sings a very, very, very short, and I, this was intended to be comedy, a really short song at a dinner party one night. I was drunk last night, <laughs> and everybody gets <laughs> okay, a big that was, kick out that of it. That was funny. Yeah. And so everybody gets a big laugh about it. But that leads into another big musical number between Tootsie and Judy Garland under the bamboo tree. That one was kind of sweet, but not really memorable to me. Um, our next big song, one of the bigger songs in the movie is the trolley song. Um, oh, I hate the, I hated this yeah. song. Yeah. So I did see that Judy Garland did it in one take, which is pretty cool. I'm always impressed when actresses and actors can do that. Yep, no kidding. Angela Lansbury, by the way, only did Beauty and the Beast in one take. Whoa. She didn't even want to sing it. They came to her, yeah, so they still shows how much I want to talk about this movie, but since he brunched in one take, Angela yeah. Lansbury was approached to sing Beauty and the Beast, and she said, no, I don't think my character should sing this. I think Lumiere should sing it. And they're like, well, just humor us and just do one take for us. And that's the take they ended up using in the movie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm so glad she sang it. It'd be different if Lumiere sang it. Yep. I can see her reasoning behind it, but yeah, I like that she sang it. I like that she sang it, too. So there is a deleted song from this movie called Boys and Girls Like You and Me. Yeah. Which Judy Garland recorded and it survives today, but the film footage has been lost. So only oh. the audio survives, but the song was originally composed by Rodgers and Hammerstein for Oklahoma, but cut prior to its opening. So then they used it for this movie and then they cut it, but her recording survives. Interesting. So. Huh. That's really interesting. That is interesting. Um, so after the trolley song, our next big song is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which happens at the very end of the movie during their Christmas party. Um, it's it's sung in a sad way because it's at that moment that they'll be moving soon and the whole family some is of them really will be moving soon. Some of them will be moving soon. And they feel um, like they're going to be impoverished as Tom mentioned. Yes. <laughs> moving to New York. Uh, and they'll have nothing. Judy Garland's character has just been proposed to and she accepted. But there's sadness with it, right? She says let's not tell anybody yet. Um, and she sings a song and she's in the beautiful red dress and I mean, she's beautiful. And it was, a, I think it was the most beautiful moment of the whole movie. I like the Christmas tree I agree. in the scene. I thought that was really pretty, like kind of a, it felt time period. Well, correct. What's interesting to me about this too, is it was sung in a sad way in this film, but that's not really how the song is used anymore. Right. No, it's, it's used as a, like an emotional oh, family bonding moment family coming together moment mm-hmm. except uh we did cover supernatural and they had that sad undertone in that it one did. because it was their last christmas and as far as they knew together it did and that was rosemary clooney singing it in that version yep. right which is another which is amazing yep. version another amazing version exactly i would put these two up there together next yep. to each other um yeah i can agree with that so those are our songs. Um, Did you know this film was based on a book? 
No. What book? The book on which the film is based ran as a weekly feature in the New Yorker in 1942. Hmm. For the film, many of the actions attributed to Tootie were actually done in real life by Sally Benson's sister. And Benson's father in real life moved the family to New York City and they never did come back to the World's Fair. So oh, they changed her life fun. a bit for the film. Yeah. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Real life could be a little too depressing, <laughs> even for a depressing movie like this. <laughs> <laughs> so the only scene in the movie that is Christmassy is the very end. And that's when our our dad has the inexplicable change of heart. He does have a change of heart though and decides not to uproot his family from this place that he loves to go to New York city. If he can make it New York city, by golly, he can make it here and this is home. So let's stay in St. Louis. And I mean, it's like the song says, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Anywhere. Um, and so then you have not just the Christmas festivities, Christmas Eve, the night before, but then you have Christmas morning because he wakes them all up and they all come down in their beautiful robes and dressing gowns. And I'm dying because of the layers of lace that was in this room. <laughs> and it makes me <laughs> so happy. Um, but everybody's happy again. And the mom is like super emotional, by the way, she's been like the steel trap the entire movie, except for being angry with her husband. And she breaks down when he makes the decision. Cause she's just so happy. She's staying. And um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of snowmen lost their lives the night before. We didn't address that one. He goes <laughs> yeah, they did. She's like beheading all of these murdering them. Like he is. She's if got I can't serious have anger you, issues. nobody can. <laughs> Maybe that's why I related to her. She's the angry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, understand. I didn't understand the Halloween scene to back it up a little bit. All of these kids and it's very Lord of the Flies. They're they've got this big bonfire and they're tossing like furniture into the bonfire in the middle of the street. Yeah. I'm like was this a thing all. that happened? Regular? Where were they getting that stuff anyway? I, I yeah. didn't even think Halloween was a big deal back then. <laughs> yeah. I I was very confused by that scene. Um, I do want to say about the Christmas scene. Have yourself a very have yourself a merry little Christmas. Maybe the only Christmas song that they did play instrumental versions of the first Noel and yes. um, the New Year's song. Old the same. Thing. Yep. The yep. one that we don't know how to pronounce. Yep. Old thing. You're right. <laughs> so the Robert Boerns. They did. It set the tone really well. Um, that did. added the Christmas yep. feels for sure. It's a we said it before, but it's amazing how much music can actually help the scene. Help yes. The film in general. Yep. So Anthony, do you the know, or Tom, rad. the tree was rad. I like the tree. Yep. It wasn't it was perfect. Tree. Like in most movies. No, it wasn't. It was, I liked it. You might say it was a totally rad Christmas. Like our friend, Jerry Davila's podcast. Davila. I was waiting for somebody to correct me. Right. Yep, Davila. Davila. Okay. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. <laughs> now that I said it, I don't know if that's right. Um, okay, so I don't know the answer to this. Does this movie get extra playtime at Christmas time? I think on TCM, Turner Classic Movies, it does. Okay. But none of, watch. On none of the like 
It's never on Freeform. It's never on AMC. Right. Uh, it's never on TNT or FX, which do Christmas Story and It's a Wonderful Life all the time. Right. Uh, I think it's only really Turner Classic movies. Turner Classic movies. It's it's not a Chris it's not a Christmas film. I mean, I don't. I think we were in agreement. It's a Wonderful Life wasn't either, but that one felt Wait, more Christmassy to me. Were all this three one. of us in agreement on that? I think me. And I feel like for sure. Yeah, I think Tom said it was a Christmas movie. It was. It was a Christmas movie. It was just you and me, Anthony, that thought it was not a Christmas. It was just set at Christmas time. Well, Although I would this. say. That's I would more say Christmassy. That one is way more Christmassy than this one is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and you said those horrible words that you actually liked this more than you liked It's a Wonderful Life. Anthony? No, no. If that's what I said oh. during my history, then that's not what I meant. I, I said okay, I, I thought I thought I said I thought I might because it's a wonderful life is so highly regarded that it kind of hampered my experience. Like it's like I thought it was overrated. It's not a Christmas movie, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, well, maybe because this one isn't as highly regarded or as associated with Christmas, I might like it better. But that is gotcha. not the case. I like It's a Wonderful okay. Life better than this. Okay. Then I misheard you. You did not misspeak. Um, <laughs> okay. So we're in agreement. It's not a Christmas movie. There just happens to be a scene of Christmassy stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy that it spawned one of the most popular Christmas songs of all time. Would you say it passes the Linus test? No. I 100% agree. No, because the dad just came to his senses. I mean, I don't think he sat there and he was wrestling with the fact that his family was so unhappy. That's not how he played it anyway. I guess that might be what he's going for. But, yeah, no. It wasn't believable. No, it wasn't. It wasn't believable. Oh, all of a sudden, I watched my daughter go crazy and commit mass homicide of a snowman kind, and suddenly everything is now okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry, but I feel for her future boyfriends and husband. If I can't have you, nobody can. Whack ahead. (laughs) Well, that I'm sorry. The the thing that I didn't like about this one. It does this thing that, that so many old movies do where when there's excitement, everybody talks over everybody. You can't hear anything at all. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a good point. And then two, when Judy Garland and, and Psycho Child are outside, it's supposed to be cold. Nobody looks cold. There's no breath coming out. Like you can't see their breath. <laughs> yeah, this is the second time you brought that up in recent weeks. The breath. I'm tired out. of that. It's like if it's cold, put in the minimal effort. Make it look like there's some breath. You could do that. It's easy. Ugh. Anyway. Oh, that's funny. So, so this film, when Judy Garland was approached to play the role of Esther, she scoffed at the idea because she didn't want to portray yet another teenager. Because this is all. This only. She, I mean, she was 21. She wasn't that far removed from being a teen. In fairness, <laughs> but um, <laughs> was she, like, how old was she? But mind you, this is only three years after the Wizard of Oz. She just played. She didn't want to be pigeonholed into that good girl, innocent girl right. role. So Vincent Minnelli convinced her to do the film, and for some reason, she fell in love with the story. And in her later life, she said it was one of the best and favorite roles she's ever done. Oh. Well, I'm glad she had fun. I'm glad she had fun. I was about to say, glad she had fun, even if we didn't. 
I, uh, <laughs> I feel bad. Like, do you ever feel like with movies like this, what that so many people love, you feel like I sometimes feel like I'm missing something. Like, why don't I love this? That so many people do. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. What we're missing is the history. I almost guarantee you, right? I think that's what we're missing. If this was so not our first if grew- watch, if we grew up with this movie. Yeah, I think it'd be totally different because I think probably most of the people that really love it probably have, it's been in their life for a long time. Yeah, that's true. I, um, I just found it long and boring. I found yeah. it boring. Yeah. That's a cardinal sin for Anthony, as we it know, is. when it comes to ranking. That needs to be on the bingo game. It does. Boring. Mm-hmm. I would boring. take bad and boring. entertaining over yeah. boring. <laughs> <Hot> garbage. <laughs> That <laughs> also needs to be on our bingo. I will never say that. <laughs> that one will block. That one will block anybody from winning. Uh, do you guys have any quotes or favorite scenes besides the Christmas scene? I don't. No, I don't either. Oh, that's sad. It's really sad. So it's kind of horrifying at the beginning when the second youngest daughter can't find her cat. And she tells that chef, like, I will kill you if you did anything to my cat. And the chef's like, the cat's right there. Like she was ragging. That girl was violent. She was. She was really violent. Psycho killer. So so I I did find it funny, even though this is only a few years after The Wizard of Oz, she did look older. She did look older. Yeah. She did. How old was she in The Wizard of Oz? Well, that was three years prior, but I think okay. then I guess 17? factored in so another year for like shooting. So she was probably 16 compared to 21. So it was five years. Yeah. Um, but so as much as we didn't like it, a lot of other people did. It was nominated for four Academy Awards. Best Writing, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best Music for the Trolley Song. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they still won the St. Louis uh, song. <laughs> you should have been having yourself a merry little Christmas. In 1994, the f- film was deemed culturally significant by the Library of Congress and selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. Wow! The American the film I was considered a national treasure. Important. <laughs> the American Film Institute <laughs> ranked the film ten on AFI's Greatest Movie Musicals. Two songs from the film made AFI's 100 Years, 100 Songs. The Trolley Song ranked at number 26 of 100. And Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas ranked at 76. What? Yep. You know what that is, y'all? That is hot garbage. <laughs> uh, and this was remade for television twice. Once really? Once in 1959, once in 1966. Were either did either of those were either of those interesting? I'm sure. Well, one the 1959 one used the same exact screenplay. They just remade it. 1966 rewrote it. 1966 they rewrote it, and it was to be a pilot for a TV series, but no network picked it up. (laughs) Oh. And a Broadway musical based on the film was produced in 1989 with additional songs. Sure, that's expected. And the late 19th century vintage carousel in the movie was at an amusement park in Ontario, 
all the way until 1993 when it closed down, but you could ride it up until then. That's amazing. Hmm. Uh, and one more thing, we should make note, this has appeared in one of our other films before, this movie. Yes, it has. It was in The Family oh, Stone. The it Family was. Stone. They were watching I love that TV. scene. Mm-hmm. I love and that it's scene. appearing in a movie coming up in a few weeks, Deck the Halls. They're watching it. Interesting. All right. <laughs> Keep my eye out for that one. Why are we watching that movie? Because you were the one who put that on the list. Oh, I did? <laughs> Which one is Deck the Halls? Because is that Matthew Broderick you, you, and Matthew Broderick Danny and Danny can DeVito. We, oh, I hate that movie. Can we change, you, can we change you it? You put that on the list, though, so because you promised a listener last year you would put it on the list. Thank you, Tom, for that. Nutcracker. Son of a nutcracker, you're a cotton-headed nitty-mugging. <laughs> Okay, so no favorite scenes, no favorite quotes. Does that mean we're ready to rank it? I'm ready. I'm ready. No thinking. I don't know what else. I don't know what else to do with this. (laughs) I'm going to come in at a four. A four? That's higher than I thought. Yeah. One point six. One point six. What about you, Anthony? I am going to come in. So. This is a big moment for me. Okay. Pete's Christmas is higher than this for me. Santa's sleigh is higher than this. The Christmas project is higher than this. Wow. This is going to rank tie for me with the Christmas candle (laughs) at point (laughs) at point seven five. I really do oh, not like this movie, which wow. gives us an average of 2.1167, which puts it at number <laughs> number 80 on our list between One Magic Christmas and I'll Be Home for Christmas. Well, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. And yet, and I, and I boosted the score. I'm happy with that placement. <laughs> you I'm not, you I'm boosted not either. it. Ooh. That is ref. Solid burn branch. <laughs> One Magic Christmas. Well, that's, in- that's interesting. Would you guys willingly watch One Magic Christmas over this? No, I wouldn't. No. Did it come in so low? I would. Oh. Why. My score probably oh. brought it down. Oh. At least I don't feel sad when I watch this. Yeah. One Magic Christmas just it leaves me feeling depressed. One yeah. Magic Christmas with the right people I feel it could be funny to watch. Oh, Make fun know. of the hobo homeless angel, the weird Santa Claus, that stupid little kid. Gosh, that stupid little kid. You know what was better than this movie this week, Julia and Tom? What was better? All of the feedback we got on the social media. Boy, it was on fire this week. It was. Was Gary Blauman came through. He wanted to see the return of the question of the week, and he came through with the question of the week. And uh, I mean, I guess the one we're answering this week is the one everyone answered on social media, right? Mm-hmm. He asked yes. if you were to assign a cinematic Christmas character to each of the elves, who would you pick? I.e., Tom is a Grinch. Just kidding. 
and uh, people came here with the, well, we have to answer ourselves too, but how about we read some listener feedback first, listener answers first. Robert T. Nickerson said, Julia is Jovi from Elf. Anthony is Bernard from the Santa Claus. I can see that. The first one. He has attitude in the first one. Yep. Yeah. And and Tom is George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life, to which Stephen Beach replied, I think you'll find Tom is more like Mr. Potter. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's just mean. (laughs) Um, I really like him. I don't know if I've said that lately, but he cracked me up. I agree with Rebecca on me. Who did she say you were? Mr. Duncan from Home Alone 2, the toy shop owner. That was sweet. I saw that one. I saw that one. She agreed with Robert Nickerson about Julia and said Julia was jopey. I think we all agreed with that one, right? And then she said for me initially... A dad from Christmas with the Cranks, which just <laughs> confuses me because I never would cancel Christmas. But he's grouchy through the <laughs> whole thing. She, yeah, it's the grouch factor, I think. But then she came back and changed it and said, and I like this one more. She said, old man Marley, people think he's horrid and scary, but his heart is so warm. And I'll take Aww, that. That's a good one. But I think Stephen I, Beach once again came through with the best answer. Can I give mine first? Go for it. You're kind of the worst. You ruin absolutely everything, but in the last minute, you come through like a hero. So I'm going with Scrooge. For me? Yeah. So who would you assign you and Julia since you're, you jumped ahead to answering the question ourselves? Uh, I think we got to go with Jovi, obviously. End of the movie, Jovi, not beginning of the movie, not homeless. I was about to say, beginning the- of the movie, Jovi is so cynical for julia <laughs> no no and uh i i don't know if it's fitting or not but i really like the idea of being compared to to the toy shop owner mr duncan it is fitting i can mr. see duncan. that i thought a kooky crazy old person i thought stephen beaches was fun also when he talked about how we are the ghosts from scrooged yeah i agree with that what completely did, what yeah he say julia Anthony is Christmas past, pure New York with all the sarcasm, but basically good-hearted underneath. Julia well, plus is Christmas- a, plus a bit pervy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, you're not. It's accurate. <laughs> uh, Julia is Christmas present, all sweetness and light, but with a steel core and perfectly happy to hit you in the face with a toaster. <laughs> yes, I love that. And then Tom is Christmas past because, well, he's Tom. I think he made Christmas future, though, right? He did. <laughs> and then oh, he, Steve Beach also went on to say, which I love, can I assign a character to a listener? President Hot Dog seems a lot to me like the train guard on the Polar Express. Don't ask me why. I just feel like he's going to get me there and will be safe and entertained. The hot chocolate is just a bonus, which is perfect for President Hot Dog. That is perfect for President Hot Dog. Absolutely. Can we just say we're talking seriously and using the, the name President Hot Dog for somebody? I mean, yeah. When Julia, I sent him a sticker, Julia. I titled it to President Hot Dog. Wait, so Julia, who would you assign for the three of us? So I'm going to go with Muppet Christmas Carol and say that you guys are Stadler and Waldorf. 
because I've always wanted to say that about you guys because <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I would really like to be Rizzo the rat. I don't know that I am Rizzo the rat. I'm probably a vegetable in the truck, but I have Rizzo is one of my favorite characters. I don't think I'm biting enough for Rizzo. I love that. But I mean, I don't even matter at that point because you guys are Stadler and Waldorf. <laughs> I don't think Tom is wrong with his Scrooge assessment of me. I, I don't hate Christmas, but the grumpy old man part of it. So I would, I would, I would say I'm Scrooge. Okay. I can get with uh, you. That would make you two Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig? No. Well, I mean, you two would fit that, but that's not how I'm going to say. <laughs> Julia, I would say you are Linus. You are the voice of reason. You're the one who always comes through at the Linus moment on the show. So I would say Linus. You're Linus. I get to be Linus? Oh my gosh. No? Do you not like that? I think I I'm love that. that. I think she I loves love that. that, dude. I love it. And Tom. Hmm. You know who Tom kind of, you know who, and it kills me, you remind me of him because it's my favorite Christmas movie. I can see you as Scott Calvin because you have that yeah. sense of humor, but you have the heart too. So I could totally see you as Scott Calvin. Yeah, I can I get down see with that. that. So those are my three. <laughs> if, if listeners didn't get a chance to answer this question, where can they? They can go to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook group, Instagram, and share their thoughts on our social media. We always like engaging with people. We're also trying to grow our Facebook group. And we're actually running a contest right now where if you share our Facebook group and tag Tis the Podcast, uh, you will be entered for a chance to win something Christmassy from Disney World that Julia picked up. What is it again, Julia? You have a few things, right? I do. So I have a Mickey-themed snowman antenna ball that I got at the Christmas shop in Magic Kingdom. And I love it, and it makes me happy. And then I also have some Home Alone Christmas socks which have been burning a hole in my pocket for a while now. I've got some fun stuff. So, yeah, again, share our Facebook group, tag us so we know you shared it, and you'll be entered for a chance to win. And you can also be entered for a chance to win if you leave us an iTunes review, because we want more iTunes reviews, because every review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. And if you do both, you get entered twice. So double your chances of winning. So you should do that. Double and Julia, maybe you can fun. put pictures of those stuff on Instagram so people can see them. I can do that. Where else can they find us if they want even more Tis the Podcast content? Well, yeah. So if you like hearing our voices and not necessarily care about the Christmas part of it, um, we have a site where you can hear a bunch of extra stuff. Um, if you go to patreon.com or Tom's handy little link to zapodcast.com backslash Patreon, it'll take you to our Patreon site. Uh, Patreon is where for a minimum donation of a dollar a month, you get access to the vault. And inside of the vault, which makes me feel very Disney-like to say that we have a vault, 
Um, we have extended episodes of some of our funnier things. Um, namely if you're an office fan, we have our unedited three hour with all the quotes episode. It's not really three hours. Um, of the office. We also have some Halloween content on there. It's not all movies. We did review a graphic novel, a Batman graphic novel at one point, Batman Noel. We also have a fun new thing on there where we are interviewing uh, some of our listeners that have been around for quite some time um, in little fireside chats. So we get to learn more about them and we have some really awesome listeners. So those are super exciting. And we have heaps and heaps of new content we're creating now and saving for later to be released in the next few months, as well as we've really upped our game from last year. If you've been a patron previously um, and you're not anymore, maybe it's time to revisit because we do have lots of new fun stuff up in there. Um, that's a lot of fun for us to create. So with our fireside chats, you'll see we've interviewed four people already who, if you're on our social medias that you mentioned earlier, you'll see their names a lot. Uh, we talked to Jerry Davila, we talk of uh, with his new pot of his new who is the host of his own new podcast called Totally Rad Christmas, which you should check out because it's awesome. We talked to Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast, another awesome podcast. We talked to April Riley, and just most recently, we've talked to an OG listener, Charlene Lewis, who was so fun. And um, mm-hmm. we have a few other ones we're trying to schedule in the pipeline now, including with. The aforementioned President Hot Dog. That's right. And That's the right. aforementioned Rebecca Bowl. So. And we even have, um, if you, I don't know, ever sat down on the couch one night and thought, would be really nice to watch Elf, one of the best Christmas movies ever made with video com- audio commentary from my three favorite elves. You can do that also. So we all sat down together and we watched Elf and we recorded our commentary. And if you start at the same time we start, you can have that same commentary as well. Um, we have more of those coming with all of our cornerstone Christmas movies. Yep. And if you want to chat with us, if you ever thought to yourself, I'd love to host an episode with Tom, Julia, and Anthony, depending on how much you're willing to give, you can not only pick a movie for us to review, but actually guest host that episode with us. So mm-hmm. visit Patreon, check out all the different levels, see what you want to subscribe to, if anything. And if nothing at all, that's totally cool, too. It will be in your regular feed every week, per use. So what do we have coming up next week? We have a, an Australian-American film called Better Watch Out from 2016. Mm-hmm. And the week after that, I'm really excited because we're covering the three Christmas episodes of House. And Ooh. I love House, and I haven't seen House in a long time, so I'm excited to just watch him, because I remember really liking his Christmas episodes. Yes. You know what else I'm excited what? about? What? There's only 5,832 hours until Christmas. 5,832 hours. <laughs> we actually <laughs> sat down and did the of math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's 243 weeks, or that's 243 weeks, y'all. <laughs> that feels like. <laughs> you, I think Tom and days. That's only 34 weeks, y'all. Yay. Did I say weeks again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were making some like comment. It, yeah. About how quarantine like slows it down. Yeah. 
It is taking so long. Yeah. Um, I know Anthony's excited about House. I'm excited for a revisit of North Pole with oh. our a sequel. Little little elf helping save Christmas. <laughs> and on that note, we couldn't end on a positive. So do your homework, y'all. <laughs> Bye, everybody. And we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Stay safe, and for the love of God, stay home. Amen.